How can C-suite teams dig deeper to increase business innovation? Our guest, Grammy-recognized number one hit songwriter Cliff Goldmacher says, They can learn to write songs. Find out more. Join us for episode 293 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right along with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to join you again. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas to help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and bring their companies along to the next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, Pam, we're already in the first quarter of 2024, fairly early, and the world continues to change in so many unexpected ways. We've got new markets, new technology, new competitors. It blows the mind. It does. And that's why it's essential to increase business innovation. Right. Especially in this environment, we're all going to need to create new paths to overcome unprecedented challenges and discover new opportunities for growth. That's right. And of course, increasing business innovation doesn't just live with the people who are traditionally regarded as the creators. Uh Yeah, it starts with leadership teams thinking more expansively and collaboratively. And to do this, everyone needs to become more creative. That's right. That's why we're glad to be speaking today with Cliff Goldmacher. He's a Grammy-recognized number one hit songwriter, keynote speaker, and author. For the past eight years, Cliff has been helping business teams and organizations innovate, enhance their creativity, and solve problems by teaching them to write songs. Cool. Cliff's book, The Reason for the Rhymes, Mastering the Seven Essential Skills of Innovation by Learning to Write Songs, encapsulates the principle of his workshops. His clients include Deloitte, Bank of America, IDEO, the ATD, and Vanderbilt's Owen Graduate School of Management. Now, we met Cliff through Tara Rathor, CEO of Strategy for Real. She's a previous guest on Growth Igniters Radio and a valued member of the Growth Igniters community. So, thank you, Tara. Yes. You can read much more about Cliff's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 293, and scrolling down to resources. Cliff, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. It is an absolute pleasure to be with both of you. We're so excited to have you join us. This topic of the role of the C-suite in increasing business innovation is so important. Right. When the C-suite models innovative thinking, it can spread throughout the organization and increase innovation at every level. It all starts with increasing leadership's creativity. You've written over a thousand songs over the past 30 years for all kinds of people, including famous Grammy winners. Top number one hits, yes. Right. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to take up working on songwriting with business people. It almost feels like if it, if it wasn't so 
much a part of who I am now. I would almost say that it was by accident. I, about eight years ago, I was on a flight and I was on a flight very specifically, and I think this has bearing. I was on a flight to go give a TEDx talk in Memphis. And the TEDx talk was entitled, Some Things I've Learned About Songwriting in 25 Years. So the idea of getting songwriting to appeal to a broader audience, in other words, my TEDx audience, was already on my mind. And my seatmate on the flight from, at the time, San Francisco to Dallas, which was the first stop on my way, she and I basically spent the first half of the flight steadfastly ignoring each other. But somehow we struck up a conversation and she asked the magic question. She said, well, what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a professional songwriter. And I guess because my talk that I was about to give was on my mind, I said to her, and I had never said this before, and I've been thinking recently about what it might be like to apply the principles of songwriting in a business context. And her reply basically changed the trajectory of my career. Her reply was, well, I lead a consulting group inside of Deloitte called The Greenhouse. And I think this would be really interesting for us. So you know how when you're on a flight, you have a conversation with a person and you exchange information and then absolutely nothing happens? This was the one time in a million where two weeks later, we're on a call, I'm talking to her team, I put together the workshop, and I led the pilot inside of Deloitte for the greenhouse and it changed everything. I've been doing it now for eight years and just by really, by the grace of having a wonderful open-minded seatmate on a flight. Well, we're talking about thinking more expansively and she clearly had that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. It's, it's also an example of lucky behaviors, uh -huh. which we've talked about in past episodes. So in your book, the reason for the rhymes. You talk about how writing good songs is like doing good business. That was on your mind. Tell us a little more about that. How does that work? So as I was thinking about what it is that makes a good song, the more that I thought about it, and there are really four areas, the more I realized, well, these same principles apply in a business context. So I'll very briefly mention the four things that make songs better. The first one is, is what we call in songwriting, balancing the emotion and the story which is making sure that you have equal parts emotion and story in the way that you convey your message. And I know that we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, so I'll, I'll leave it there for now. The second concept is to take a fresh angle on a familiar topic. And in songwriting, man, all songs essentially are about love and people. So <laughs> given that that's the case, how do you write yet another song about love and people and make it interesting? And that's by taking a fresh angle. But business is the same. How do you convey a message without resorting to cliche or business jargon? And that's all about taking a fresh angle on what is very clearly in business, often a familiar topic. The third thing that makes songs work is to write from what you know. In other words, to be sincere, because if you're if you're writing what you think people want to hear and it doesn't resonate with you, it's really not going to resonate with anyone. And that is a communication principle across the board. In business, people can sense your sincerity. Well, authenticity is so important. That's it. And then finally, and this is something I learned building a career in songwriting, you have to commit to your cause. As a as a songwriter, the idea that you are writing songs for the money, 
that's crazy because you'll spend, I, I kid you not, years and years and write hundreds and hundreds of songs before it even becomes a viable living. So you have to have a more intrinsic motivation. You have to have a cause. And, and it is very much the same in business. What is the thing that gets you out of bed every day to do the hard work? It can't just be a salary. That's never enough. It's a cause. That's fascinating the way you've been able to take that through line, I guess, to say what is it about songwriting and business and how that works together. Now, you've also written that songwriting, and I'm quoting you, songwriting is the ultimate tool for learning how to communicate your message with the proper balance of story and emotion. Now, you've already said that. Let's go into that because you went fast, and I think there are a lot of people who'd say, what? What are you talking about? So what are you talking about? So when we communicate, it's very clear that we care about what we're communicating because that's why we're talking about it. But as a songwriter, what I learned early, early on, if you want to have success as a songwriter, the key is actually getting other people to care about what you're talking about. So songwriters tend to come from a place, if we're talking about balancing emotion and story, songwriters tend to come from a place of way too much emotion. We, we have deep feelings that we want to convey, but before we learn our craft, we don't know how to tell a story around those things. So it's just all, I love you, I love you, or I miss you, I miss you, which is very clearly appealing to us because we're feeling these feelings. But for the listener, that's not all that interesting. So until you learn how to weave a story around those feelings, you can't really get other people to care. Now, in business, it's generally the opposite. It's all sort of dry information and story. The data. Right. The yeah. data. Uh, yeah. But right. no, no emotion. And yeah. if there uh -huh. isn't that little sprinkle of magic dust that makes people remember that they're human and that they can feel, that data is not going to do anything. It's just going to sit there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. we are right with you on that. Absolutely. For sure. People can say, this is what this does, and this is why this is important, and so on. And uh, yeah, why? <laughs> but that's, that's exactly it. So as a songwriter, once I started to learn how to tell a compelling story around the emotion, things started to get good pretty quickly. And I thought this, it might be fun just to give you an example of a song where my collaborator and I, Spencer Day was my collaborator, he set out to tell a story. And if it had just been all emotion, Spencer would have just spent the entire song singing, I miss you, I miss you, I miss you, and I miss you. Not all that interesting. But by weaving in a compelling story, we were fortunate enough to have this song go to number one on the jazz charts. Wow. Oh, cool. I thought it might be fun to just play you a verse and a chorus, just give you a little sense of, of how to weave story into emotion. Absolutely. Let's hear, Let's hear it. Terrific. So the song is called Till You Come to Me. A sleepless night in the city. No peace and quiet in the city. It's hotter than the water from a boiler in the basement of hell. In this low-rent walk-up, broken-down hotel. And I want you, I want you back again. I can remember when you and I were one. 
and I want to I want to change your mind So I'm going to bide my time Bearing my misery Till you come to me Oh, that's wonderful! Sorry. Yeah, you've got you've got so many layers in there. Well, thank you. It was it was such a joy to write this one, and Spencer is such a a gifted artist. It was a thrill to hear this thing come out and do what it did. Thank you for sharing that with us. What we're going to do is dig a little deeper in the next segment about what goes into what you just heard. Stay with us, and when we come back, we'll talk more and maybe hear more from songwriter, speaker, and author Cliff Goldmacher about using songwriting skills to balance story and emotion for business innovation. Stay with us. This is Growth Inventors Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, that's us, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. Now, as always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Scott, can you believe we're in our 10th year of Growth Igniters Radio? Yikes. That's pretty amazing. That's almost back when I had hair. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We've been receiving more top podcast awards, including the 2023 PopCon Award for Best Business Marketing and Tech Podcast. Listeners tell us they enjoy our conversations with visionary CEOs and thought leaders like Cliff Goldmacher, who are changing the face of business and I have to say has led us in a first here with the first musical performance on Growth Igniter's radio, Yay. besides our openings, of course. And listeners also really enjoy our Pam and Scott Quick Take episodes. Now, if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, please become a recommender and spread the good word. Just open Growth Igniter's Radio on whatever podcast app you use, write review. It really makes a difference to us. And of course, feel free to share links to your favorite episodes, maybe this musical one, in your social media. Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with hit songwriter Cliff Goldmacher, author of the book The Reason for the Rhymes, about how C-suite teams can use songwriting and dig deeper to increase business innovation. Cliff, tell us how people can find out more about you, your book, your speaking, and so much more. Well, the clear place is, of course, LinkedIn. I'm there as Cliff Goldmacher. The nice thing about a name like Goldmacher I'm pretty much the only Cliff Goldmacher out there. My website, thereasonforthrhymes.com. Those are great places to start. You can find more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 293, and scrolling down to resources, and there will be links coming with this episode, so be sure and visit that. A lot of good stuff. Yes. Now, in the first segment, we spoke with Cliff about the surprising truth in some respects about how songwriting and business innovation go hand in hand and how it can be 
an incredibly useful and important way to dig deeper in this year of unexpected changes. And I think it's only going to continue. So this is a really great way for us to think differently. And one of the big principles, of course, is balancing the story that a uh -huh. business has with an emotional hook that makes people care about it. That's where we left yeah. off. Now we're returning. Cliff, can you tell us a brief story about a C-suite team that used songwriting skills to balance story and emotion and dig deeper for increasing business innovation? Absolutely. I was put together with a team that were working on a strategy highlighting, as you've said, the need for innovation. And it was, it was all about the dry information, the data. And they were trying to convey a reason to care, but the story just wasn't as compelling as it could be. So what we did is we started to explore the strategy via metaphor. And the beauty of metaphor is that it takes us out of our normal way of examining an idea and practically automatically infuses humanity and emotion just by looking, I like to describe it as looking laterally at the challenge that you're, you're facing. So for us, one of the things that I, I had the team do was stop and think about a metaphor for innovation. And, and I am constantly thrilled and delighted that when I take people, and, and I get this a lot, oh, I'm not creative, right? These are, these are the, the masters of the business universe, very productive, very successful. But when I say, we're going to be exploring your creativity, oh, I'm not creative. They say, what? What? Yeah. Too often, people think, well, the creatives are the creatives. Let the R&D people, let the marketing people do it. We're going to stick to the business. Uh-uh. No. The reality is that we are all creative. I mean, if you think about if you think about kids, all kids have imaginations and they're encouraged to express that imagination. It's only later as the emphasis gets placed on productivity that creativity tends to wither in certain instances. So, Scott, you and I discussed this before we went on air, but one of the things that I love the most is to take people who are bright who very clearly are willing to try, give them the tools that it takes to be creative, and then watch them amaze not only themselves, but, but everyone around them at how creative they can be. So, so back to the story, they were looking for a metaphor for innovation. And what they came up with, ready? The Labradoodle. Oh, okay. Labradoodle. And it's even better than that, because when I work with business teams, the way that it works is I have them find a metaphor for their for their challenge. In this case, the challenge was innovation and the metaphor was the Labradoodle. And then I give them the rules for writing verses and choruses so they can write a verse and a chorus around this metaphor. My favorite part was the rhyme that they ended up choosing in their verse, or maybe, maybe it was their chorus, was a Labradoodle is what happens when a Labrador and a Poodle, are you ready for the rhyme? Canoodle. Oh, my God. <laughs> were they surprised they came up with that? I, I, think, I think we all were a little surprised, but the, the beauty in this is just in the way that we are laughing now and we're enjoying the process, I, I just don't feel like innovation and creativity need to be these serious 
things. I think we do great work when we are relaxed and, and exploring our own creativity. That's fabulous. So tell us more. How do they then take that and then apply it to their big challenge? I think mostly my job, as opposed to getting into the nuts and bolts of how they're going to apply their strategy in their organization, it's really more about opening their minds and building what I like to refer to as their creative confidence. Right. Okay. So, so by taking a team of executives who I have effectively given an impossible task to do, right? Most of these people have never even dreamed of writing a song. And then I walk in and say, not only are you going to write it, but you're going to sing it with me at the end. That, that feels essentially impossible. And then when they do it, and they always do it, they leave with a, with a sort of an innate motivation that they didn't think they could do something and they did it. And it just sort of works as wind in their sails to then take their strategy and really act on it. Mm -hmm. That's fabulous. That would be an interesting thing to do right ahead of a, say, a retreat, a strategy retreat. I could imagine that when, we, when we've done this kind of thing, I could imagine having a way to limber up the brain Almost in a way that... Yeah, and yeah. increase that confidence yes. and that inspiration. Yes. Now, have people come back to you after you've done this exercise and say, yeah, this really made a difference for us? They have. And one of the things that I love, and I decided to try and quantify this a little, because as you might imagine, introducing music into a corporate or an organizational setting is kind of a big ask for people. So I started to do a little survey after my workshops. And I basically asked them to compare, on a scale of 1 to 10, their creative confidence before and after the workshop. Would you believe that on average, and this is over 15 different workshops and hundreds and hundreds of participants, the average increase in creative confidence, 51%. Wow. That's pretty remarkable. It, it really is a matter of taking people who don't think about creativity or think of themselves as creative and breaking it down into its component parts for them. It's, it's powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's also understanding that creativity shows up in so much of what we do, oh, and absolutely. especially with regard to business innovation. How else can you think in dramatically different ways when the world is changing so unexpectedly, unless you have that creative spark in you that you can tap into? What do you think, Cliff? I'm going to give you one of my favorite expressions. And this was taught to me by the head of Vanderbilt's Wondery, which is their center for innovation on Vanderbilt campus. He said, change is what happens to us and innovation is what we do to them. Oh, and I just love that. I just love that because we cannot control when change is going to come. But we can absolutely control how we innovate to face it head on. That's right. That is great. And if you if you jump on top of that change and surf it, <laughs> that's, you never I, know. that's where you're going. You yeah. never know. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with hit songwriter, speaker, and author Cliff Goldmacher about immediately useful ideas for learning songwriting skills to increase business innovation. Stay with us.
You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Have you ever wondered if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, as we've been talking about, Why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters, the ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again, what's their secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Cliff Goldmacher about digging deeper to increase business innovation and doing it through the art of songwriting. Cliff, tell us how people can find out more about you, your book, your speaking, and everything else Cliff Goldmacher. The best place to go probably and the easiest would be LinkedIn, as I mentioned earlier, and also my website. And I'll give you a little shortcut to get to the website. Instead of typing in the reason for the rhymes.com, you can type in TR, the number four, TR.com, and that'll get you there as well. Okay. And of course, you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 293, and scrolling down to resources. And this time we have some really good resources, so you want to check that out. Yes. One of them is music. Before we get to our points, we promised, you promised in the first segment that you might be able to illustrate a little bit more what it feels like and what it sounds like when a group can come together for writing a song. This particular song that I referenced, Till You Come to Me, was a collaboration between myself and my dear friend and and longtime collaborator and at the time, Concord jazz recording artist, Spencer Day. So Spencer and I sat down in my New York studio and over the course of about three hours, wrote the song. And it was the first song we ever wrote. It happened very, very quickly. But as these things happen, you never know which song is going to do what and when. This was the song that Spencer's label chose to release as his first single. And we had the thrill of watching it climb the charts and end up at number one. So I thought what might be fun is instead of hearing me kind of croak my way through the song, maybe we can give a listen to the final recording that has Spencer singing on it that ended up going to number one on the charts. Sleepless night 
in the city No peace and quiet in the city It's hotter than the water from a boiler in the basement of hell In this lower end walk of broken down hotel Counting the cracks on the ceiling Flats on my back and I'm feeling lower than the roaches in the tunnels of the one and the nine And the clock says that I'm half past losing my mind Through the tick-tock tick I can hear the faucet drip When the neighbors brawl I can hear them through the wall But I'm waiting I keep waiting Cause I want you I want you back again I can't remember when You and I were one And I want to I want to change your mind So I'm gonna bite my time Bearing my misery Till you come to me Cliff, that was amazing. Tell us a little bit about how we can notice some of these principles in the song that we just heard. So the the main one and the one that we talked about earlier, and I think this is really the key, is that when Spencer and I sat down, we knew that the gist of the song was going to be about missing someone. That was the gist of the song. But as I mentioned earlier, you can't just sing I miss you over and over again. It gets old fast. So... I happen to not be a big fan of New York City in the summer. I, I just think that the city is a really tough place to be in the summer. It's hot and it's kind of unrelentingly hot. So it was not hard at all for me to start coming up with imagery around what it feels like to be stuck in New York City in the middle of the summer and just being miserable. So. That's what we did. We started to tell this story about what it felt like to be in New York in the middle of the summer. And then we gradually started to bring that around to why this story is important. Why do we care about the story that the singer of this song is telling? And the reason we care is because not only is he miserable in the heat, but he is missing the person that he wants to be with more than anything. And it just all sort of combines to create this tapestry of heat and discomfort and missing and longing. And of course, Spencer just delivers it so beautifully that you can't help but believe. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's take this and come up with three immediately useful ideas, as we always do, so that our listeners can take this and begin to apply it. So what's the first idea? We'll take them one by one. Great. So the first idea, and this comes from my book as an approach, is to think of metaphors as a way to improve your ability to think laterally, to think differently about whatever your challenge is. So in the song that we just mentioned, the metaphor for, for longing and for, for missing someone is the idea that you are stuck as this person in a, in a hotel with no air conditioning in the middle of a New York City summer and just sort of swimming in your misery. So, so we, we took a metaphor that will be much more memorable than if somebody said, well, what was that song about missing someone? 
and and we gave it sort of a a life of its own. So using metaphors to think laterally would be the first idea. So in terms of some challenge that we're facing, it's like a that that's right. So often people tell us that they're flying somewhere. They're sitting there, the tray table's down, and they're just writing away and or they're on their laptops. What is something they could do? They could be coming up with this issue that we are dealing with is like A. So, so the way that I look at it is whatever you can do to humanize and add emotion to an idea, first of all, it'll make you think differently about it. And second of all, you know what else it does? It helps you remember it. Because the moment you tie it to something that is more meaningful to you, the greater the likelihood that it will stick. Building on that, the idea of we have this issue that now we've transformed a tangible, this is what we want to do with our company, to an issue that somebody's going to have an emotional resonance with. What's the second, another thing that you can do to bring that to life and join up and accelerate the innovation so once you've chosen a metaphor the next the next thing that you do is you put together a story around that metaphor so writing a verse is about telling a story and storytelling at its basically at its dna is about creativity you are creating putting something into the world that might not have been there before so if metaphors are about lateral thinking, verse writing is all about creativity and telling a story. So the second idea is about learning to write verses and verses are very, there's a, a real structure to them in songwriting. And one of the things that is critical is to use as much visual imagery as you can because visual imagery sticks in a way that just Telling someone about something doesn't. The way that we talk about it in songwriting is, you need to show them, not tell them. And the way that I was taught that was instead of describing the woman in your song as you're telling the story in the verse as evil, but still kind of attractive, which is just sort of telling them about her, why not describe her as a black heart in a green dress? That is showing them. And that's what verse writing does. It tells a story and builds your, your creativity. Devil with a blue dress on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Something okay, like yeah. that. Okay. So now to the third immediately useful idea. We've started with metaphor, really being visual and telling that story. Where do we go with it from here? Well, this is where the chorus comes in. So chorus writing is all about concise, distilled communication. So chorus writing is the moment in the song where everything that you've been leading up to in the verse gets summarized and you ultimately tell people why they should care, right? So you're telling them a story in the verse, that's fine. But now in the chorus, it's up to you in just a couple of lines to tell people why this matters. So good communication very succinctly tells people why they should care. And that's what chorus writing does. And I'll, I'll give you one of my favorite examples from, from songs out in the world that everybody knows. Do you know the song, My Girl, that the Temptations sang? Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. so here's the verse. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. When it's cold outside, I've got the month of May. Now that's a very visual, interesting story, but who cares? And then they come in in the chorus and they say, well, I guess you'd say, what can make me feel this way? My girl. 
And all of a sudden, everybody knows why this person is happy and why they should care about the song. So it's really getting to the heart of the matter. That's exactly it. Wow. That is really great. So it kind of completes the whole idea, and you can really see how the story and balancing the story and the emotion really matters. So we are at the end of our episode. This has been so much fun, Cliff. <laughs> can you leave us with some final thoughts on how C-suite teams, top leadership teams, can use songwriting to increase business innovation? Of course. So what I thought I might do is just very briefly list the seven skills that songwriting develops that can then be used to improve business innovation. And those skills are the first three we just mentioned, lateral thinking, creativity, communication. However, songwriting also builds four additional skills, empathy, collaboration, risk-taking, and the diffusion of ideas. All of those are equally critical to improved innovation. Okay. There's a creativity tip sheet available on my website for free. There That's you go. Great. Lots of things here. Cliff, thanks again for being our guest on Growth Igniters Radio. It was truly my pleasure, and thank you both so much for having me. It's been real fun, Cliff. And all of you out there, thanks to you too for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and terrific resource links for this week's episode, including a full recording of the song, Till You Come to Me, and tip sheet, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 293. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. How could our C-suite use the principles of songwriting to increase our own creativity and business innovation? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.